0: And welcome to the GoTech is goside Podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Josh. And this week we get to see Bowl Game Skip again.
1: Alright. By time he showed up. Hopefully. I mean, we've seen him six years running, so I wouldn't uh I wouldn't count him out just yet. That's true.
0: I I remember before the BYU game, people were like, oh yeah, it's like we're playing in a bowl game at the end of the year, and that didn't work out so well. But this actually <laughs> yeah. is a bowl game. So hopefully it goes a little bit better.
2: Yes, hopefully. Yeah.
0: Before we get to all that though, let's get to our dogs in the NFL segment. First off, we have a few Bulldogs, alumni I guess, that did not really contribute this week. Jeff Driscoll, and Robertson and Ryan Allen all sat out this week or did not play. I think Amik got some snaps. Ryan Allen had been on the Colts for a couple of weeks, but their punter came back from a cancer surgery, so he was able to punt again. So well, I
1: I mean that's it sucks good news. that Ryan Allen gets cut, but yeah, th- thankfully you that dude's okay. I guess. Uh, yeah. Ryan Allen will probably be picked up by somebody like next week, and then he'll go punt really well for them and get, get cut released again.
0: again. Yeah. yeah. We got the Texans left in the AFC South and and one of the other teams, the <laughs> How, and how much do you
1: think he gets paid for that? Like, ha- like an actual money? Like, is it just like ten grand or something to go punt for a week, or is it like a hundred grand single game? I wonder
0: if it's per punt too, that'd be kind of interesting. Ah. Yeah, but uh, who who are some former Bulldogs that did record some
1: stats, Evan? Yeah, we got Trent Taylor um, out in San Francisco, or I guess they played in Arizona. I think their their home games have been moved. Uh, he had one punt return for 14 yards. Um, and then we've got the, I guess, Baltimore triplets now. We've got Tremont Williams recording three solo tackles and defending a pass. Jalen Ferguson had two solo tackles, and Jelly Bean had two total tackles there in Baltimore. Uh, Vernon Butler got the start at uh, defensive tackle, and he also defended a pass. So, man, there were lots of uh, defended passes this week for Tech players. Boy, were there.
0: Yeah, I found it <laughs> kind of funny that Butler had the pass defense, yeah, but not any is, even sacks Butler or tackles.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who else, who else we got, Nathan?
0: Yeah, after Butler, we got Xavier Woods, who had two tackles. But at one point during the game, he got hit with a, a rib injury that kind of knocked him out for a bit. Before that injury, he had only missed one snap all year. We'd kind of been running through that. I'm not sure what his snap count was this week, but it's it didn't mm. happen on the last play of the game, so he missed at least a few there. Uh, so that's kind of sad to see that streak snap. Yeah, that sucks. After that, we got Boston Scott. The Eagle had one catch for seven yards and five punt returns, where he averaged 18.8 Whoa. yards per
1: return. That's really good.
2: That's, that's pretty yeah. good.
0: Yeah, They yeah. found, even when Miles Sanders comes back, they found a way to get him involved. Uh, yeah, I mean, the 18 fan yard, inside of 19 me yards
1: per punt on five punt returns. That's that's really, really good.
0: Yeah. And speaking of really good, their last Bulldog we have to talk about is Legereus Need, the Kansas City Chief
2: playing oh, against man. the Saints. Where's week. Matt? Yeah,
0: we can hear Matt screaming in the background, even though he's not on the call. Three <laughs> total tackles, including a sack, a pick and three passes defensed. Aren't yeah, and I
1: also this? saw I think he's the only player in the NFL to record. A sack, an interception, and three passes defense this season. Which is, I mean, man, he he's just so good. Like, what were we doing? Like, how how do we not realize that like he was as good or maybe better than Amik? I don't understand. He's really, really good.
0: Yeah, you kind of feel like the Kamara situation at Tennessee. Yeah, where it's like, yeah. wait, how how do we not use him? I mean, and Snead played; he started. It, he never looked to be a, this good at tech. We moved him
2: but- around a lot, I think. Right yeah that's true
1: yeah he, he moved to safety and for back seniors. to cornerback and yeah i mean it's yeah but man like uh, the the pick that he got off it was like drew Brees is maybe third or fourth pass and he's coming off of injury and everything but like i mean he just manhandled whoever the wide receiver bum that the saints were playing uh he just manhandled him on the line and the, the dude fell down and sneed was just like all right i'll i'll catch the ball sure <laughs> I mean, and then he got the nice toe tap in uh, inbounds, you know, to make sure it was a pick. I think he got like three feet down. So,
2: But he only has two.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean.
2: Um, hey. Yeah, but Wait. is there a
0: winky face in there? Anyway, speaking of games that happened to the Superdome, now it's time to preview the New Orleans Ooh, Bowl. Nice one. Matchup against Georgia Southern. Nice We one. talked a little bit about it last week. But Evan, what can you tell me about what we know about this game going in?
1: Yeah, I mean you know if if you missed last week's episode we talked a lot about like how their their schedule is gone and and stuff like that i mean but this week i'll just say they're 7 and 5 overall their wins have been against teams they probably should have beaten and their losses have come to teams they probably shouldn't have um, Tech, of course, is five and four overall, and both teams are coming off a loss. I think both teams are two and three in their last five games. But one thing about Georgia Southern that I actually forgot to put in the notes here they they played twelve straight weeks to end the season. They didn't have any games canceled, like starting in September when they played Campbell to open. They played tw- twelve straight games without having a COVID cancellation or anything like that. So that's really impressive, you know, both for them and kind of lucky in this crazy year right but also you know they've had a lot of attrition and we'll get into that in a minute but they've had a lot of injuries and stuff that maybe if they had bye weeks you know they would have been able to recoup some of that but anyway we've got some uh some pretty high stakes here the teams are meeting for the first time Georgia Southern is playing in their third straight bowl game and they are two and one all time in FBS bowls uh since coming up to FBS I believe like in the 20. last 10 years, for sure. Josh, did you know exactly when that was? I was going to
2: say 2015, because I remember they beat Florida sometime in the 2010s when they were in FCS school, and that was very funny to me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's okay. do a Google and...
0: 2014 was the first year. Mm, the I was close. They were at FBS level and joined the Sun Belt. Close. That's pretty good for bowl. Yeah, their bowls. So their second year in FBS in 2015, they won the GoDaddy Bowl back when GoDaddy sponsored what's now the Lending Tree Bowl over Bowling Green kind
1: of weird to yeah see they'd them be making pretty bad game. too i think right like 58 to something mm, 24 yeah, or something 58
0: like 27 yeah then the last two years in a row 2018 they made the camellia bowl where they played eastern michigan and won that game 23 to 21 and then last year they made the auto nation cure bowl that's their one loss so far they lost to liberty 23 to 16 gross
1: yeah, I mean, so, and of course, for, for tech, there's a lot at stake here. We, we've got the nation's longest bowl win streak at six games, you know, trying to keep that going, keep climbing up that, that leaderboard of all time, longest bowl wins streaks. And uh, that'd be nice. Um, and keep the bowl win streak yeah, going but as well. The
0: computers seem to think that that's not what's going to happen here. SP plus from our friend, Bill Connelly, not really our friend, I guess, but someone who we steal yeah. his information from all the time. No, he's my he friend. Tech, yeah. Yeah. He goes to a different school. Uh, He gives Tech a 26% chance to win with the Eagles winning 32 to 21. Massey gives Tech a 39% chance to win with Georgia Southern winning by a final score of 28 to 24. espn FPI gives Tech a 42% chance to win. And Vegas thinks the Eagles will win by four and a half points. I felt a lot more optimistic before seeing these numbers.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm curious how much of this isn't taking into account the fact that so many of Georgia Southern's players are are hurt. And Vegas, I mean, Vegas I think would take the most into account. I don't know how SP Plus works and how uh how like Massey would incorporate that or or FPI, but like I mean, we'll get into this more, but their starting quarterback mm-hmm. that's like their best player is almost certainly not playing the bulk of the snaps. He may play some but he's not going to be like the starting quarterback. He's not going to be playing every snap. So I wonder how much like SP plus takes that into account and is like, you know, is that 11 point victory something that, that he would stand by if he knew that shy Wirtz is not going to be playing the bulk of the snaps in this game. I'm not sure. Josh, you said you had a question, huh?
2: Oh, wasn't Georgia Southern, the team that Nick Saban said that ran through Alabama, like shit through a tin horn. Is that that team?
1: I have no idea. Hmm furiously googling while we yeah just shit just google shit through a tin horn and see what happens. there is youtube videos called nick saban's
0: rant on the alabama georgia southern game in 2011 Yep, that's shit through a tin can there we go nice (laughs) good good called shot i guess there
1: yeah so i i mean so we've kind of alluded to the fact that they run the triple option and i guess nick saban saying they they run like shit through a tin can i, I don't know what that means but that's going to be our transition into talking about this triple option offense you know i, I think at the core of any triple option is going to be the quarterback reading the defense right and and for people not familiar with the triple option it's called the triple option because there are three choices that the quarterback can make on any given play right it's you can hand the ball off to the fullback who will run through the a gap or, or whatever. Uh, you can pitch the ball to the halfback kind of like a traditional, a traditional option that even a team like tech will run sometimes, or you can run the ball yourself as the quarterback. Right. So, um, in recent years, tech has played Navy and army, or I don't know, our schedule said we played army, but I don't remember that. Um, 2013 they both, never happened. Yeah. Nope. They both run the triple option in a very conventional, you know, quarterbacks under center, the, the fullbacks right behind him and the halfback is kind of next to the fullback. But Georgia Southern plays a, a different option style that I don't think anybody else really does. They they run it with the quarterback out of the shotgun.
2: That's kind of like the basis of like a, an RPO offense, isn't it? Yeah. In a way,
0: it feels like the next evolution of that triple option style because it's, that's that's old school football. That's yeah. yeah. yeah
1: does, does Coastal Carolina run it like that? I'm not sure if they're running like a full triple option system because I think they pass a lot more than, but I don't know. I've only watched them play that BYU game, so I can't really say what they're doing on a normal, you know, game by game basis, I guess.
0: Yeah, but either way, the way that these triple option teams work is they have to have an experienced quarterback that can quickly make reads and effectively determine which gap to attack. So if there's room between the center and the guard, so the middle offensive lineman and then the the two that are next to him, the, the little gap between those players, there's two gaps on either side of the center. That's called the A gap. And then moving out between offensive linemen, you have the B gap and then C, which is not really a gap, but just unless there's a tight end. And then there is a gap. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and then I, I don't know. Maybe if you have like multiple di- tight ends, you go to D and E, but I've never seen that. So I'll just assume yeah, that's have how no that idea. works. And do you eventually go to alpha if you run out of, anyway, either, <laughs> either way, Hurricane Systems. Uh, but the quarterback has to look to see, is there room for the fullback to take it between the center and guard on the interior of the offensive line? If there is, he'll hand the ball off. That's really what they want to do most of the time. They want to run the ball straight up the middle. It's the least amount of fumble risk when doing this. It's the easiest play. And if you can pe- pick up three or four yards that way, then that's what they're going to want to do every time. If there's yeah. not room in that gap, if the linebackers have filled that those holes pretty quickly— Then it's time for him to keep the ball and move on to the B-C gap, so between the guards and tackles or outside the tackles, and then he has to decide whether to pitch the ball to the running back running alongside him. Or sometimes they use an option, sorry, a a motion wide receiver as that uh, pitch back and sometimes it's just the straight-up running back in the backfield next to him, that quarterback has to make that decision. Is the defensive end or linebacker or or defensive back or whatever going to attack me or attack the guy running alongside me? If they're attacking me, I'll pitch it. If they're attacking the guy running alongside me, I'll keep it and try to pick up a decent amount of yards that way.
1: Yeah, and I mean really like a lot of that comes down to the athleticism of the quarterback, the experience of the quarterback in terms of like, you know, he can fake a pitch. And if he can fake the pitch and like, so if Tyler Grubbs, let's say, and the way that the way that defenses handle the option, we should say real fast, is just every player on the defense has an assignment. And as long as you play your assignment and you don't get caught up by the shiny object, aka the football, everything should go fine for you as a defense. But the second that Let's say Tyler Grubbs is playing the quarterback. The second he plays the pitch instead of the quarterback, then the quarterback can just juke him and, and and go up his gap, right? So that's where, you know, having the extra time to practice is is key for playing an option team. Now, we only had like three extra days to practice, so who knows? But we'll get into that later with our how can Tech win and lose, I'm sure. But in the Eagles case, anyway, they have a very experienced quarterback in shy Wirtz, as I mentioned. He's been their starting quarterback for the last four seasons, including this year. Um, and like we said earlier, he's led them to. This is the third bowl game they've been to under him. So in you know four years, they've gone to three bowl games. Um, in his career, he's rushed for over three thousand yards, averaging four point four yards per carry, and he scored thirty one rushing touchdowns. Um, he's also passed for thirty six hundred yards, thrown thirty three touchdowns, and twelve interceptions. Um, This year he's thrown seven touchdowns and six interceptions, but he has uh, put up his highest completion percentage of his career at 60%. But like I kind of referenced earlier, he, he might not be playing right, Nathan. Yeah. He
0: hurt his shoulder back in the first week of November. I think it was the first week of November. Either way, it's back in November, and he hasn't been on the playing field since. Uh,
1: Actually, I think I put those notes together. I think he did come back for a game against Georgia State, and he aggravated the injury even worse. He was, like, out for November, and then they brought him back maybe too early. Yeah. Oh,
0: He actually did play the week before at Army, too. So he was playing up and through uh, the game against Georgia State, and that may have been a re-aggravation. It may have been just when it it first happened. Either way, uh, he hasn't played – in the past few weeks of december when georgia southern's had all these games in a row Uh, yeah so we're not sure if he's going to be able to play or not and that makes a huge difference in this game whether or not play. this is their best offensive player and in an option offense your best offensive player matters a lot
1: and it's the quarterback i mean it's not only is he their best player he's he's like what makes the whole system work right i mean I think the quarterback is obviously the most important position on the field for any team, but like in an option offense where it's all comes down to the quarterback, making the right read, right? Like, Ooh, that sucks to not have your, your stud guy there for any game.
0: It is worth mentioning. So he left the Georgia state game. They played Florida Atlantic and Appalachian state, both with, we'll talk about in a second, two different quarterbacks, but they did beat Florida Atlantic the next week, 20 to three without him. So yeah. They've beaten KUSA teams without him. Anyway, uh, the head coach, uh, Coach Lunsford, said if he wants to get on the field, we're going to find a way. You know, if it's one play or a bunch of plays, I don't know if he wants to do it. If he feels like his body can do it, obviously we're not going to put him in a situation where his health is at stake or anything like that. Uh, So, yeah, with that in mind, who else are the possibilities for the Georgia Southern quarterback position?
1: Yeah, I mean, one one quick thing to note that you kind of referenced there is that their second string guy, I believe his name is Tomlin. Um, he was the starting quarterback against FAU in that 20-3 to 3 win, but then he injured his ankle against App State, and he has had surgery, so he is, is done for the year. So um, that quarterback that led them to that victory is out. And then um, the third string guy is a grad transfer named Miller Mosley, uh, who actually has a pretty interesting story. He went to Air Force, then transferred to Wofford. Um, was their quarterback for a few years. I don't know if he started though, because his stats aren't that good, but I couldn't, I, I didn't do enough research into the Wofford Terrier football team over the last three years to figure that out. Um, but
0: they're terriable. <laughs> oh,
1: <man. laughs> oh, man. All right. Good uh. podcast. Good name, y'all. Uh, <laughs> 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 but, but anyway, Miller Mosley, he graduated last year uh, in 2019. And got a job in medical sales last February. And then he promptly lost that job because of, you know, the global pandemic that's going on. Um, So he was living at home and and there's this article that where he's quoted and stuff as saying like his parents were going crazy with him living at home again. And so he decided to uh, see if he could grad transfer in to one of the other option teams. And that team happened to be uh, Georgia Southern. So When the second stringer went down, uh, Tomlin went down. He got thrust into action for the bulk of that game against App State. I believe that injury happened early in the second quarter. And, you know, we've seen some of his stats from Wofford and his stats from that game. What do those look like, Nathan?
0: Yeah, at Wofford, he played 37 games, had 400 yards rushing and 75 carries and five touchdowns. He also passed for two touchdowns, four interceptions and nearly 400 yards. Again, for the Terriers. Against App State a few weeks ago, though, he entered the game in the second quarter, like you said, ran the ball 13 times for 49 yards, which is not that great for what they are used to at least, but passing the ball, he was 5 for 14 for 122 yards, a touchdown and two picks. Not really the greatest stats, but again, you're looking at a third string quarterback who just re-entered college football. There's not a lot you can really expect if you're Georgia Southern there. Right. And that may be one of the reasons why, if Wertz can't go, again, that starter that we talked about earlier, they may experiment with their freshman quarterback, Sam Kennerson, or just a simple wildcat offense. I say simple, but I mean, they're running the option. It's it's probably going to be complicated even with that, with uh, wide receiver Caleb Hood taking snaps at the quarterback position. So there's a lot for Tech to prepare for, even outside of just the normal preparing for an option team. But outside of that quarterback position, the other position to look at is running back, right? Because the running back sometimes gets the ball if the quarterback doesn't keep it. Uh, yeah. Evan, what can you tell me about their running back position right now?
1: Well, um, I said there was a lot of attrition. Yeah, uh, their, their best running back, J.D. King, he was leading the team in rushing attempts and rushing uh, yards back before he got hurt in early November against Troy. And he, he's done for the year, I believe. Uh, so the main running back, I think, is going to be Logan Wright, who this season has 88 carries for 565 yards. I think he's currently third on the team behind Wirtz and uh, and King. Um, so he's averaging 6.4 yards per carry, which is really good. And, and he's got four touchdowns so far this year. So... I mean, he's, he seems to be a good running back and definitely a good option out of the backfield um, in this system for sure.
0: Yeah, one other guy to mention in that backfield though, Wesley Kennedy the III. Uh, he was on the team. He ran 66 attempts so far this year. So that's the fourth leading rusher, both by attempts and by yards. And actually led the team in terms of yards per rush if he exclude the one guy who had two attempts all year. Uh, he averaged 6.8 yards per carry on 66 attempts. He was suspended from the team because of marijuana. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, but that's, but losing Kennedy the third makes a huge difference here because they're already missing so many people. Even if Shyworth is able to come back, they're missing their top running back and also their number three running back going into this game. Uh, That's a lot of stuff to miss. One thing to mention, though, is on the defensive side of the ball, they're not without some... Uh, injury problems on that side either are they
1: yeah i'm I'm trying to find the name of their their guy they had two guys that are like the leading tacklers on their team um go out in the app state game i believe so it's unclear to me if those guys will be back i don't know if they've had any opt-outs or anything like that but i mean just just a really crappy situation for them because they've got so many injuries on both sides of the ball that are in those key positions like like the leader of the team, Shy Wirtz, is probably not going to be... If if he plays, it's very clear he's not going to be 100%, right? And then the the guy who's leading their team in tackles, which, give me one second and I'll tell you what his name is.
0: Rashad <laughs> Bird is leading the team in tackles. I did see that Renard Ellis, who is the third mm-hmm. leading tackler on the team, has opted out.
1: Okay.
2: So that leaves yeah, him with uh, I- number two, Anthony Wilson
1: yeah so that that's their two two leading linebackers too, Rashad Bird and Reynard Ellis if if Bird can't go because he's hurt those two guys have I mean combined for 150 tackles that's uh or not 150 I can't do math that's established why am I trying to do math 134 <laughs> tackles there we go you know and the the next best guy below those three guys we've already mentioned has 45 so I mean Those two guys, especially in a good run-stopping defense, which they are, right, Nathan? I mean, this is a team that, you know, on both sides of the ball is good in the run game, right? Yeah,
0: uh, to kind of, again, plug my Blue Tech Blue piece that I do every week, I kind of looked at the running attack of of both these teams because Texas is so bad and Georgia Southern's (laughs) is pretty good. Yeah, looking comparing the Georgia Southern run defense – Yards per carry it allowed. They're the third best rushing defense that Tech has faced all year. They allow 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, only Marshall and BYU, two of Tech's losses, are below that. And TCU is just on the other side of allowing 3.6. So Tech has struggled against teams they can't run the ball against. But Tech has also not been great at running the ball in general this year. So who knows? The interesting thing to me, though, when we talk about this, is – Georgia Southern, the way the option attack works is it's a time of possession game. It's You want your offense on the field as much as possible, wear down the defense and control the ball and hope to, you're not trying to outscore the opponent as much as outlast them. And by the end of the game, hopefully wear them down enough that you're able to score enough points that their offense isn't able to keep up with, especially when they're not on the field very often. And just like Georgia Southern's missing their leading passer, Tech is missing their leading passer in Luke Anthony for this game as well. So does Skip go with an approach of trying to be conservative on offense to give the defense the most amount of rest possible to keep possession? Because I don't know if that will work against this team the way that it worked against, uh, who was that, that we just
1: played a few weeks North against Texas. North Texas, yeah,
0: where we could run the ball at will.
1: And that, but that was a complete opposite situation as far as the offense we were facing, because you want to limit North Texas's possessions because they can score so fast. Right. And, and when they get going, they go up tempo and it's like the tech offense from 2012, right? Like uh, the, the opponent's only hope was to just keep us off the field. Basically. Um,
0: I'd argue not as good as tech's 2012 offense. Oh yeah, of course not.
1: But I don't um, think many teams would be. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so we mentioned, you know, Bird and Ellis. Who Ellis is definitely not playing. Bird, we're not entirely sure on, but if he is playing, I mean, he's very good in pass defense too. He, he's got four passes defended and two picks um, to go along with those seventy-five tackles. But there's a couple guys here that I'm just looking at their stats. Derek Cantine, the cornerback, has nine passes defended and five picks. So watch out for that dude. Like that. That dude, I'm like, man, where is Adrian Hardy at? Can we can we get him to unhire an agent and come back for this game because that guy seems pretty good. And then there's another guy, uh, another cornerback with seven passes defense and one pick. His name's Daryl Baker Jr. So, you know, they've got some good pass defense as well, even though their numbers aren't as good in that they they allow 221 yards per game passing and 112 yards per game rushing. So. Tech should be able to move the ball, and some of the other teams they've played have been able to move the ball through the air against them. But, yeah, I mean, they've got some dudes on defense for sure.
0: Yeah, and so we'll have to watch out on that and see how Tech offense does with, for the first time, we won't have two quarterbacks playing, but that's not this is not the way we hoped that would go down at all. Um, Yeah, for sure. But how do we think that Tech can win, and how do we think Tech can lose this game? I think, Evan, you and I have talked a lot the past few minutes so josh how do you think tech can both win and or lose this game?
2: man can i just make it into one rambling long answer like i normally do cool thanks yeah. um <laughs> no i'm time. struggling to the like because it's, it's like you said it's an option team so they're going to play ball control the entire time and i don't think we're going to we're not going to out ball control an option team right like we're not going to run it up the gut and have these long six seven minute drives uh to score So I guess the only option is to score quick, but I don't know if you want to score too quick because that leaves the defense out in the field more. I don't know. This is a tough spot for tech to be in for a bowl game, you know, but I think the, the, the ideal way to do it is to, uh, you know, just throw all over them. If you can get Allen into a rhythm and, uh, just let him, let it fly. I mean, they're not too great at defending the pass, So we may as well just try to throw all over the top. And yeah, that guy has, you know, a lot of passes defended, but uh, is that out of necessity that he's being picked on all the time or what? So I say just throw the ball a lot and hope the defense can shore up and do their job. Hope the linebackers can stay disciplined and, you know, key onto the quarterback. That's about all I got. And, you know, the opposite of that for how Tech can lose, obviously.
1: I mean, they did play 12 full games, too. So maybe that's kind of coloring our our uh, being impressed. Because, like, if one of our guys had five picks in nine games, it'd be like, oh, man. <laughs> This going to be in the NFL, picking off Drew Brees next year, making me cry. I mean, look, Tech is playing an option team. We haven't faced an option team this year. We didn't get the full month of bowl prep that we normally get. So, I mean, we were able to beat Navy back in 2016, but we had that full, you know, I guess we played in the conference championship that game, that year. So we had like three weeks of bowl prep. This year we had like one and a half weeks. So I think that The easy answer for how to lose to an option team is is you don't tackle. And last time we played, we saw Tech miss a bunch of tackles and just play piss-poor run defense and piss-poor defense in general. But the main problem was that even when we were trying to tackle a guy on a route before he caught the ball, we didn't tackle the guy, right? So I think that's the easiest answer for how to lose this game is just miss a tackle here and there. And, hey, you're playing an option team, so, you know, not to pick on Tyler Grubbs because he's amazing, right? He, he's probably going to be a freshman All-American or he should be. You know, if, if his assignment is to tackle the quarterback and the quarterback decides to keep the ball, well, he better tackle the quarterback or the quarterback's going to run 45 yards, you know? So that, that's how how we can lose. I think how we can win this game is to just, you know, be ourselves on offense. Don't try to play what they try to play. Like, we don't need to run the ball 50 times to beat this team. We may have needed yeah. to do that to beat North yeah. Texas. We don't need to do that to beat an option team on the other side, right? That They're a good run defense. They're not as good as a pass defense, even though they have some dudes, as we just found out, but I think if Aaron Allen can come out and have a good game which he's he's hot and cold right But right, if he can have a right. good game i i'm really confident you know if, if he's if his qbr is like 65 70 i think we win this game by two touchdowns but if it's 0.3 again like it was against tcu i think we're going to lose by you know 42 points again right like we did <laughs> well so I, I i mean i think to simplify it, it's if we don't tackle well, we're going to lose. And if Aaron Allen can have a good game, I think we win regardless, right? I think if we're going to get into a shootout with an option team, I think we'll win that going away. We did it against Navy, who was really, really good back in 2016. And Georgia State's fine, but they're we'll do it again. Yeah, they're no Navy in 2016, right? So I, I think I think those are the to simplify it down and a long worded answer. But tackle and good quarterback play; those are the the two keys.
2: So like most games.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll keep enough. my answer brief. If shy Wertz plays significant time, mm. I think tech loses Fair. if he's left on the bench a lot because of injury. And it sucks to think that that's how you can win a game is by having another player hurt. Cause you always want to play the best version of your opponent. But I, I think that's the difference here. The, the quarterback, that third string quarterback that they have right now, Miller Mosley, he was not all that impressive in their one game against Appalachian State. Granted, we just saw what Appalachian State could do today while we're recording this by blowing out North Texas. Uh, they're not exactly the easiest team to play. But it's a third-string quarterback. That matters a lot compared to Wirtz who was the MVP of the bowl game two years ago when they won it over whichever directional mission in school that was. He matters a huge amount to this offense. And, yeah, they were able to beat FAU without him, but so could... I'm trying to think of the most insulting thing I could say right now, but I I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we could, the three of us.
1: Um, <laughs> eh, probably not. Yeah,
0: maybe.
1: I won't rule this out. I, I'd say FPI gives us a 2% chance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Uh, yeah, it's it, it huh. all comes down to him. I think our offense, if if they're not able to put up any points, it doesn't really matter how bad our offense is, as long as our offense
1: scores some points. Hey, We it saw that matters. last year right? Yeah. Our our de- our, de- our defense is good enough to where the offense didn't really have to do anything, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's my how can tech win? How can tech lose? It matters which quarterback gets the start and the most snaps for Georgia Southern. Uh, yeah. But while enough. I'll be watching him, who are some other players to watch whether they play or not? Yeah. We started with Josh last time. So let's start with Josh again.
2: Oh, awesome. Cool. Okay. So my player to watch, you know, I haven't already talked him up a little bit. It's their um, their sure. cornerback, Derek Canteen. We already know about his stats, but I went and checked the uh, NCAA uh, website for their records. And he's actually leading, or he's not leading, he's the third best DB by total passes defended with 10 pass breakups and five interceptions. So that's 15 total passes defended. So about 1.2 per game. Like I said, I haven't watched a whole lot of Georgia Southern. But, you know, he's, he's a freshman cornerback. And he's he made first team All Sun Belt. So oh wow, he's a freshman. Pretty life. good, yeah. Damn. So he's That's pretty really good. Impressive. So I doubt it's because he's getting picked on a lot. I th- I think he's just he's just good. So I imagine he'll stick to whoever our you know rolled out number one receiver is. I'm not even sure who would be at this point, but yeah, you got to watch out for him. And we need to try and put our receivers in positions to succeed. You know. Yeah, I don't know. and we've got a, a lot coach. of
1: weapons at receiver that you know, even if they have two ball hawking guys, like we should be able to have. We got a lot of speed. Open, yeah, we should have some open receivers. You know, we got Tucson who can who can gash you deep. We've got Kyle Maxwell who's had a pretty good late season here. But yeah, I mean, tell Aaron Allen to look out for that guy for sure.
2: <laughs> I'm sure Skip has said more of the same.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'm going to go with just just to. You know, I think Shy Wurz is the obvious one here because even if he's going to come in a few times, we don't really know what he's going to do, right? Is he coming in to pass? Is he coming in to run because he's got a shoulder injury. So I'm not sure if it's his throwing shoulder or not, but like that's kind of a weird place to put your option quarterback in, right? Say, oh, yeah, you can come in like 10 snaps. Like if his shoulders hurt and he's going to get tackled, like that's weird. So I think he's the he's the key player to watch obviously but I'm going to go with that wide receiver Caleb Hood um as a wide receiver he's nothing too special 14 catches for 160 yards and one touchdown um but the fact that he might that they've been practicing him in the Wildcat is just really interesting I think their coach said he had experimented with him at the Wildcat you know normally I'm I'm like oh Wildcat like we've all seen that before but like when tech is so focused on preparing for this option attack and playing your gap and, you know, playing your man and not getting distracted, then you throw the wildcat in the mix. And I'm just like, Oh shit, man. Like what are we supposed to do now? Right. So um, I could see that being a problem. um, You know, just with the additional wrinkles that can bring in, obviously normally wildcats are are more run heavy and this is already an option team. So maybe I'm overthinking it here, but just seems like one more thing. And it's like, ah, Damn, one more thing to prepare for, huh? Yeah,
0: and then I'll jump back over the defensive side of the ball. I still have not forgotten how horrible we've been with blocking at times this year. Oof. We saw it again against TCU yep. after not really seeing it the week before. So the player, we've already mentioned him again, but Raymond Johnson the third is their sack leader with five sacks. For comparison, Milton Williams has four and a half sacks and 10 tackles for loss. Johnson has five sacks, so half a sack more and 13.5 tackles for loss. Granted, they've played more games, so that's meaningful here. But Tech's offensive line has been the definition of inconsistent in a way that we've seen a lot from other positions at Tech in the past. So I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on him. I'm keeping my eyes on the entire pass rush. But if he draws any sort of double teams, that may just open up holes for other rushes. Like a guy by the name of Justin Ellis, whose nickname I'm hoping isn't Jellybean. (laughs) not like in a fake mustache or something like that. He's our second leading sacker, two and a half sacks so far on the season, eight tackles for loss. But you know what? Actually, I'll go back. I'm going to change it to Justin Ellis because that's hilarious that they have a player named Justin Ellis. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) But yeah, before we wrap up this look at our bowl game, let's do our final predictions. How is this game going to go Wednesday afternoon? Josh, what do you think?
2: Okay, so... I was just looking at this and I forgot to mention it in my, how can tech win or lose, but the entire season with, uh, with words at quarterback, they, he had thrown for over a hundred yards twice. I mean, he'd come close a couple other times, but obviously when he was in, I guess he knows the system. He knows how to run the option. So they're going to run more, but, Immediately when Mosley came in, this last game they played against App State, he threw for 122 yards.
1: So yeah, on five completions though, and, and I think they were down, so that may yeah. have something to do with it too. But
2: so I, it's I, it's not saying they can't throw. I, I don't know, they can, but I I doubt it. So I think I'm gonna. I mean, I'm pretty much share the same sentiment. If if Wurts is out the whole game and is not playing, I think Tech has a pretty good shot to win this game. Um, we should be able to score on them. Like like we said, the receivers should be able to go. And contest with those DBs no problem so I mean if Wirtz is out I see it tech winning by fourteen final score maybe like thirty five twenty one but if Wirtz is in that makes things a little bit more complicated and they play a lot of they'll probably play ball control better and I would guess just
1: makes them more effective I think
2: yeah yeah and I think they'd be able to hold on to the ball longer with their normal quarterback so I think you know tech probably loses in a more low low scoring game like I don't know, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Can so you I think give, Tech loses
1: it, if Words plays.
2: If, if Words plays, I'm I'm with Nathan and that Tech loses.
1: Interesting, interesting. What do you think, Evan? I mean, look, bowl game skip. He's a different animal, you know. But like, he's the same like beast. He, yeah. So 2017, we're going into the Frisco Bowl. We're six and six. We don't know what the hell this team is, right? It's been so inconsistent all year, kind of like this year, right? And we're playing SMU, who's good, but they lost their coaching staff and all that. So we're not really sure what to make of them either. We just came out and we, I mean, we just, we just pants them right in, in Dallas where they're, oh front. yeah, it was, hey, we just, I mean, it just, I was embarrassed for them, right? I had and Sonny Dykes who showed up the day before the game and didn't even know anyone's name, you know, like, uh, man, 51 to 10 was the final of that game. And I don't think it's going to be that bad this time because I think Georgia Southern is not in those weird you know, circumstances of losing your entire coaching staff and all that. But I think, I think skip for whatever reason is able to get his guys ready for a bowl game. And this is a low, uh, a smaller window, but I don't know, look, Gips never lost a bowl game at tech and I can't pick them to lose a bowl game. Now we haven't lost to a sunbelt team. I think our guys, Tyler Grubbs, Milton Williams, these guys are going to be ready, man. They're going to, they're going to be out there. They're going to play their gaps. They're going to play assignment football and Georgia Southern's going to rack up some yards. Option teams always do. You're not going to find an option team playing against tech anyway. That's not going to have, you know, 180 yards rushing at least. Right. But I just think that, that, our offense with Aaron Allen kind of letting loose and not looking over his shoulder to see if he's going to be pulled out this next series. I think we're just going to be ready, man. I think it's like a 38 to 27 kind of game. Um, I think, Tech comes out, and, and and I don't really care. I, Wurtz isn't playing the whole game. I think we know that. Um, now, if they're, like, underselling his injury or something like that, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it's more like a 38-34 Tech win, but, like, I think Wurtz is going to play maybe 10 snaps at most, and I'm not sure how effective he'll be with that as his kind of snap count, but I don't know, man. I'm pretty confident here, and all the computers say otherwise and the betters say otherwise, and I'm just like, you know what? the betters always pick against tech in a, in a bowl game or not always, but half the time they say tech's going to lose and we haven't lost under skip. So I'll say, I'll say 38, 27 tech wins, take it to the bank. That's my prediction. What you got, Nathan?
0: Yeah. All right.
1: So picture this. Oh man. Taking us on a journey. I like it. Tech is
0: down by six. Oh, okay. 27, 21. Georgia Southern has the ball trying to run some clock out. And they're an option team that does it pretty well. Scheiwertz has gotten some snaps in this game, but he hasn't really been the leading guy for this team. Again, they're down to their third stringer at this point. miller Mosley playing the majority of the snaps from quarterback. It's third down and six just across the 50-yard line into Tech territory, trying to pick up an important first down that could basically ice the game with less than three minutes left. Mosley gets the ball, realizes there isn't room for the fullback between the A or B gaps, takes it outside, tries to pitch it to the running back. When there's a fumble on the play, Tech recovers. Aaron Allen comes out, puts together a touchdown drive in the final minute. Tech wins 28-27. That's the final score of this game. Tech wins. Ah. Sounds stressful. Is there any other way? I mean, it was stressful against uh, Navy. That's really what I'm thinking about. And not that that specifically happened in Navy.
1: Last second field goal to win it, though. Yeah. Back and forth the whole way. I mean. And, and that's really the only bowl game Tech has played in that was even close, right? I mean, the next closest game would have been Miami when we scored the last second touchdown or last minute touchdown to go up 14 <laughs> instead of seven. But
2: Watching j get thrown into the end zone by Miami players.
1: <laughs> I mean, other than that, the closest game would be, what, Freaking Illinois back in 2014? We won by 17? Yeah. 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 That sounds very stressful. And uh, like my wife's family would get to see, you know, a different side of me, I guess. Um, <laughs> that maybe they don't need to see so i hope that doesn't happen i hope it's more like my 38 to 27 kind of <laughs> win but yeah
0: well luckily this week in basketball tech had some stress-free games against some not so great opponents we'll recap those really quickly here at the end of the show jackson state tech welcome to the thomas assembly center and beat the pants off of them in a palindrome 85 to 58 the game was never really in doubt the minimum win probability was never lower than 90 percent. the kind of wow say how this game was uh did <laughs> you all get to
2: watch this game no i didn't
1: yeah i i caught i caught a little bit of it you know i had it on um while i was focusing on other things and you know tech was just dominant the whole night really i mean the uh jackson state they're the tigers right nathan yep they uh i've they, had to look that up several times yeah they they just they didn't play very well man like <laughs> they, they just they just turned the ball over a ton a lot of it was just like passes going off hands out of bounds uh they got called for a lot of travels and and then they just you know they were doing things like reaching into our guys as they tried to get into the lane and and they were just blatant reach-ins and the refs were calling it you know to their credit actually actually calling clear fouls is something we don't always see in basketball but tech ended the night with 12 turnovers and jackson state doubled that number so i mean that kind of tells you how this game went, just in general, right?
0: Yeah. So real quick, math question: What's two times twelve? Then
1: Got, uh, <laughs> six, right? On, yeah, six. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Glad, glad we had this talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but to throw some more numbers at you, these the again the two things I look at when I look at box scores of basketball games are turnovers and rebounds, and it's good that Tech had double the amount of turnovers, or Jackson State had double the amount of turnovers. Tech was the benefactor of twice the turnovers because the teams had the exact same number of offensive and defensive rebounds. Both the oh, Bulldogs wow. and Tigers had 11 offensive rebounds and 26 defensive rebounds. I had to go check a couple different places to make sure that wasn't a weird <laughs> computer error, Excel <laughs> spreadsheet, something or other. Yeah, one of the things I noticed in this game, though, looking off the stat sheet for a little bit, the Bulldogs made an effort to drive to the basket with a with the ball, which is something they haven't done enough this year. I know a lot of sports report on Twitter has been complaining about long-range twos, because if you're going to take a long-range shot, might as well take a long-range three, at least get an extra point out of it if you actually make it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really hoping that trend continues of the more drives down to the bucket. But really, the this game was so out of hand, it's kind of hard to talk, find a lot of things to talk about it because it felt like a preseason game once the game really got going. Two players will kind of give a shout-out to uh, the true freshman, I believe freshman, Jay Spass, at least newcomer to Bulldogs, and Andrew Gordon, who was here last year. Gordon had two blocks and two dunks, and I don't think I've ever seen Gordon smile when he's not dunking a basketball or immediately after it looks like that's the only thing that gives him joy in life. It's fair. I, I want to give the guy more dunks just so he can be happy.
1: <laughs> Jace Bass is a, is a transfer. He's a junior, but uh, right. it is his first year with, uh, with tech. And, and yeah, I mean, he really, he really got a lot of minutes in this game, which is something we haven't necessarily seen. You know, he played 21 minutes in this game coming off the bench Shot five for eight from the field, two for three from three point, four for four from the free throw line, and uh, added four rebounds, you know, so he, he ended up with 16 points. That's a really good night. He actually was second on the team to Ledoux in points, um, so really nice to see him get going um, for really the first time in his Bulldog career. Yeah,
0: he was also second best on the team in rebounds, which is odd for a guard coming off the bench. Andrew Gordon led the team with nine rebounds in 15 minutes played, and they both both Gordon and Bass had four defensive rebounds, but Bass had that great game against Jackson State, and then Tech welcomed Lamar to the Timeless Assembly Center, and Jace Bass didn't play at all. And the Wait, Bulldogs, like
1: Lamar Odom, or just somebody else. Like or, that's is a me-level joke, name? Evan.
2: P U.
0: That's, that, that's a me joke. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry.
0: Either way, whether they're playing Lamar Odom or the Lamar Cardinals. <laughs> Or Lamar, the sign that the company that makes the billboards along the interstate. Oh, yeah. Bulldogs the won, time. no matter what, eighty-six to fifty-seven. And another game that was out of hand by halftime. Even if Tech tried to blow this one to start the second half, I have even less to say about this game. But it took ten, it took five minutes from the start of halftime to hit a shot from the floor, so not including foul shots. Sheesh. A whole five minutes of Tech not shooting the ball, and Lamar was only able to reduce the lead from twenty-three points to eighteen for
1: the Bulldogs, yeah, and it never right. shrunk lower than that. Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to this game in the car, so I didn't get to watch it, but yeah, there were some, there were some real streaks of tech, just not shooting the basketball very well, but luckily Lamar was just as mistake prone and just as, you know, bad at shooting the ball as, as uh Jackson state seemed to be, you know, And in a game like this, where you're pretty much winning by 20 plus the entire way. I mean, let's just go through the box score here. I mean, um lofton had a better game than he had against jackson state he, he had 11 points and seven rebounds that's pretty good he also added four assists and it was fun for me to listen to to Nitz and uh and jack Thigpin talk about just how good he is because we've seen that you know but but these guys know what they're talking about right so so when they talk about him having really good hands and really good basketball iq just to know where to pass the ball and when to you know when to drive to the bucket and stuff it was really cool to hear them talking about that um you know and then archibald led the team in points he had 14 points um and added six assists to that so really it was just a game where where the bulldogs were passing the ball around really effectively had 18 assists as a team
0: yeah and so now tech only plays one game next week or this week or whatever it's ulm so thanks uh santa or jesus or whoever are cutting the week short, and we only get that midweek game in this week. And it's a team we've already played in Louisiana-Monroe. And so, yeah, if you could have sworn we played them already, we, we did. And we won the first <laughs> matchup 78-62 to 62 in a game that the dogs never trailed, and we're up 45-31 to 31 at the half. It feels weird playing the same team again.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not conference play, but here we are, and, and it's like two weeks apart. And I think this time we're playing in Monroe, so maybe that'll be a factor, but... Uh UOM's not good, so should be fine. And I don't know if you guys remember, but when we played them before, we were actually their first game because they had a bunch of games canceled um, before us. So we had played like four games and they hadn't played yet at all. Um So we didn't really know what to say about them. But now we do have some some stats, right, Nathan? What should we really look out for them for here in round two?
0: Yeah, to make it really simple, since I think we're running a little uh, late on time, on offense, the Warhawks, they're slightly above shooting from three and slightly below shooting from two when it, ter- when it comes to the average across Division One basketball. And the reverse is true on defense. They have great interior defense, but they've been horrible so far this year at defending the three-pointer. When it comes to defending the three, they are 263rd in the country. When it comes to defending the two, they're 54th in the country. And then on offense, they're 134th in three-point shooting. That's slightly above average. And two point shooting, they are 267th, 276th, and it's slightly below average there. So they're good at one thing on offense, they're good at one thing on defense. We'll see if the Bulldogs are able to cater their game plan to take advantage of what the Warhawks have struggled with so far this year. But so far, Evan, what did the computer say? At least what does Ken Pomp say?
1: Yeah, Ken Palm's given us a 77% chance to win this game on the road. Uh, they think we'll win 72 to 63, which is by nine. There's my math, you know, paying yeah. off there um, for once. And
0: Massey Massey gives Tech a 75% chance to beat ULM. 71 to 64 is the
1: final there. Interesting, interesting. So, what's ULM's record overall? Do we know? Or is it, you know, are they.
0: It's a, it's a secret kept close by. The guards in Monroe they don't want anyone to know because they're two and four on the season. Their only wins have come over Northwestern State and Stephen F. Austin, which is interesting mm. because outside of Tech, Stephen F. Austin's the best team that the Warhawks have faced. And they huh. won that game by eleven. Wow, interesting.
1: interesting. Well, maybe maybe if they can get going, you know, Tech does have something to worry about, but
0: they lost four days later to Grambling State, 78 to 61, and then uh, just over this past weekend on Saturday, they lost to Southern Miss 60-47. to So I'm not too worried about this game. If this was football, you'd say it's a trap game. But basketball, you play so many games, half of them are trap games. Yeah. This seems like a game that Tech can win pretty easily. One player to watch, though, is Corrine Ozier, which is probably definitely not how he says his name. But <laughs> one of the stats that Ken Palm uses is something called a free throw rate. That's not free throw percentage. It's a different stat called free throw rate. Which is, His number there is 62%, which is 109th best in the country. What that means, free throw rate is the number of free throw attempts divided by field goal attempts. So the number of foul shots you take divided by the number of shots you take from the floor. So basically, how often does he draw a foul and head to the line to take free throw shots? So he's 109th best in the country at drawing fouls and heading to the line. But fortunately for the Bulldogs, his free throw percentage, so how often he makes shots when he's at the foul line, is less than 60%, which even for the Bulldogs is bad. So <laughs> that's that's a good sign from him. But, again, he's able to get other players into foul trouble with some consistency. But, yeah, Tech doesn't play another team this week due to the Christmas break, but the Texters have had some action. Uh, they played the ULL, or the, I guess the should Louisiana call them the UL Twins. Twins, but the Louisiana yeah. Twins sounds better.
1: Yeah, and, and they actually won both of these games. So Tech went 4-0 this week. Uh, I think Nathan and I both predicted 3-1. Um, I don't remember what – I think Matt was on last week, right? Maybe he said 4-0. I'm not sure. but um it was me. Was it? I don't know. Yeah. Was it? Did Josh you say said 4-0? And I think you did. I said 4-0. Here yeah, go, I'm Josh. the
2: genie's here. Leave me alone. You cannot comprehend this.
0: Evan, you and I said 3-1, but we both said our one loss would be at different
1: teams.
2: Yes. Listen, yes, we did. You cannot comprehend the genius of my basketball picks.
1: <laughs> yeah, so so the the texters handle business really against ULM at home. They won sixty three to forty five, and they led pretty much the whole way. I think ULM had an early lead, fifteen to thirteen in the first quarter, but after that, text lead just grew over time, and you know they ended up winning the game by eighteen there at the end. But the main thing I want to mention here from the box score is that Anwar Robertson. Uh, Or Roberson, sorry, had 16 points and 12 rebounds. So nice double-double for her in 30 minutes of action, you know, to kind of lead the Textures to victory there. And then the following game was the uh, Raging Cajuns down there from Lafayette. Um, they came up and this game was a lot closer it was uh, back and forth really the entire way there were a lot of ties and lead changes including up to the final minute when the texters were actually down 65 to 64 with 20 seconds left in the game Um, and then a foul on kiana walker gave the texters the lead because she made both free throws so maybe the texters can teach the Bulldogs something about shooting free throws i'm not sure but uh, they took the lead 66 to 65 and never looked back. There was a foul with uh, one second left after the Texers grabbed it and a defensive rebound with four seconds. And Amber Dixon made both of her free throws, and then the game was over as the ULL missed a long three to end the game. So 68 to 65 um, was your final score there. And again uh, Roberson again with a double double 19 points and 11 rebounds and then Amber Dixon had a double double 14 points and 10 rebounds and Keanu Walker added 21 points so really a, a three a three woman show there because the next highest scorer on the team had four 58 of the 68 points came from Roberson Walker and Dixon there so uh, pretty good trio. Pretty good, and yeah, and and so you know, hopefully the Texters can carry that momentum forward. They actually don't play again until the new year when uh, when conference play starts up. They they play Marshall on the first and the second, and those both of those games are away. Um, so pretty good run for the Texters here in the preseason or whatever you want to call it. You know, pre-conference slate. They they end up going five and one with their only loss against a ranked Texas team. So. I think that's what we all predicted. I, they had one game canceled due to COVID, but, um, you know, 5-1, and 6-1 and one is about as good as we really could have hoped for going into conference play, right, guys?
0: Yeah, national championship incoming.
1: Yes, indeed. I'm talking about We him. want Baylor slash UConn slash South Carolina slash whoever else is good in women's basketball. So we have
0: three games to make predictions for, really just two, actually, now that I think about it. We have the ULM basketball game for the men and the bowl game the football team how do we think tech will do in those two games we gave a prediction for the football game so is, do you want to hedge your bets and think that tech goes one-on-one on the week and just and see which one happens or do you think tech goes two and oh with what should be an easy whenever you all have? hell
1: no tech's going two and oh baby book it let's go Take that's what i'm Vegas, talking about bet the house let's go that's Take what i'm talking out. about look josh does this every week and it paid off finally yes un- sir this week let's go
2: so josh you're on board too 2-0. Uh, yes, I, I will be going 2-0 as well.
1: <laughs> was that your me impression? Uh, were, were you trying to copy me there? Or no, <laughs> I was just, you know, being... Uh, okay, because I copied you and your enthusiasm, so I thought maybe
2: you were... That's what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think for the sake of the show, I'm supposed to pick, like, 1-1 one one or 0-2 and two or something so that we can argue about things. But we're already out of time, so I'll just say 2-0. That way we don't have to say anything anymore. Tech wins both of these games... Both of them closer than we think they'll be, mm. I think, at this point. Anyway, let's go to the Tweet of the Week. This week's Tweet of the Week goes to At LaTeX Baseball, BSB, who I'm hijacking this segment because I really miss baseball, so y'all can shut that <laughs> we're talking about baseball here. Uh, the tweet says, new season, new threads. Can't wait to show off the pinstripes and the Lou love shack this year. And the Bulldogs have white jerseys with blue pinstripes, and oh boy, are they gorgeous.
1: Oh my God, dude, they're so nice. I'm like it, it just it reminds me of like like classic baseball picks from like the 1920s for whatever reason just like they're they're just these regular ass white pinstripe pants and shirts but then there's a big old state tee you know probably on the probably on the I guess the left breast if you will uh, mm, and it's nice. it's a very very classic looking baseball jersey and then in the tweet you're referencing Nathan they they also they wear these new pinstripe pants with the the red jerseys the blue jerseys the everything basically except for the baby blue throwback um jersey and i'm just i'm here for it man just mix all that shit up just go for it i love these uniform combos yeah
0: i i'm a baseball uniform purist which is one of the few things i think i'm thinking purist about i think every team should have a white uniform a gray uniform and one other color and a throwback, and so I think Tech has too many jerseys. But how dare you? Yeah, exactly. But this is this should be that. one that stays.
1: I think we can ditch the uh, the black jersey. Um, I'm not really swap the of black that one. for
0: a traditional gray, which is not the most exciting baseball jersey that exists. But white and gray, those were the two teams going back to the start of baseball. Tech already had a pretty solid white baseball combo, but the pinstripes—they're so
1: mm. good. Yeah. Yeah. And and then along that same vein, I wanted to mention that the there's an account, I think it's called Louisiana Helicam or something like that. Yeah, it's it's at L.A. Helicam. So H.E.L.I.C.A.M. And they they've been tweeting out like overhead views of the new facilities being built, like the baseball field and the softball field and the softball field's pretty much done looks like i mean they still got to do the landscaping around the outside of it but they've got the turf down they've got the you know the the state t athletics logo in the outfield and man that is a good looking stadium i don't know if you guys saw that tweet either but maybe we'll give that one a little bit of a runner up um this week because is that legal <laughs> hey we can do whatever the hell we want man i will make it legal that's what you're supposed to say there yeah, come on man <laughs> Anyway, there, there's this really cool overhead or, or aerial picture for, that shows the tech, the Joe, and the uh, the new softball and soccer facility being built, and then you can see the baseball field being built in the distance there, and it's just just a really really cool uh, picture.
0: Yeah, can't forget Wiley Tower poking out in the background. Either. Yes. Yep, it is there. Yeah. But well, yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Plays and Die Podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where you can find the contest, which you still have time to do, right, Evan?
1: Yeah, it's actually up this time. I don't have to say oh shit. I already did it. It's uh <laughs> it's there. You go to gtpdd.dog slash contest and participate you know even if you haven't played all year you can play now and and win bragging rights Uh, it's worth 35 points this week too so if you are one of those people who's played all the weeks and you're in the running um you better play because if not you're gonna lose so the top seven or so still have a chance to win here um, if you do well this week so get over there and play i think it's
0: this week is my turn to say oh shit i forgot to do something and that's the ncaa simulation so that'll be up <laughs> Tuesday afternoon or maybe Wednesday morning. We'll see how that works. But we'll have to see what the computer, what the Xbox 360 thinks this game will go. That'll be up on the YouTube channel that's linked to on our Twitter account, and I think on the website as well. But until next time, I'm
1: Nathan. I'm Evan.
2: And I'm a basketball wizard. In go Tech. Please don't die.
1: Long live the bull streak. I think I watched this one yeah cuz I listened to the Lamar game. This one was on Thursday or was it on yeah, like Wednesday on or something?
0: The, it was earlier in the week. So. Okay.
1: Here, I'll I'll pretend like I watched it. Yeah.